can't. Okay. All right, we're going. Um, watch out for that. All right. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! As long as Kyrie goes for 45, we might win a game in OT. (laughs) We went in to one of the toughest arenas named after a pizza company. (laughs) Is it still Little Caesars? Little C's Arena. (laughs) And we showed them just what an elite playoff team in the East looks like in overtime. Yeah. Um, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. This is a high, a higher podcast than had the uh, than what it would have been had that overtime turned out any different. Right now we're three and thirteen. <laughs> uh, Kyrie drops forty five. Jared Allen goes off for twenty and sixteen in a must win against the Pistons. We're three games up on the Bulls, three point five games up on the Pistons, and only one game back from that torrid Magic team. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Simon, there was an interesting lineup shuffle. Yeah. Last night. Uh, Dinwiddie goes to the bench. Temple, GT, a must-keep, according to Kyrie, net. Uh, instrumental to any future championship team, Garrett Temple, gets in the starting lineup. Uh, a fine move. It, it was effective, apparently. Um, but one thing I thought was notable about this. Mm. Even when Spencer's not starting, oh, Karras can't get the call-up. To a starter. Uh, my question to you, Simon, and it has been for the entire Karis LeVert experience, is Karis LeVert an NBA starter? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, I think it's complicated. I think, uh, <laughs> As all superstars of his magnitude are, it's extremely complicated. I mean, look, I... Um, I think <clears throat> I think there are a couple of issues. One, look, I think, you know, the plus minus throughout their careers of Spencer Dinwiddie and uh Karis LeVert are, are pretty good. Um, they're at least decent. Um, where I think that starts to trend in the negative is uh when Killer Kyrie comes out there. And Kyrie is um you know, needs the ball a lot and would probably do best in a lineup with four other people who can shoot a three. Mm-hmm. But Garrett Temple, while he can't really shoot a three, is also not going to try to break anybody down. So it's basically that lineup that they trotted out last night is Kyrie and a bunch of people that if he passes to them, they will hold the ball for about five seconds at most uh, before giving it back to mm-hmm. him. So it's the Kyrie show. Um, at least on that lineup, but you know they 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 mix and match throughout the time. So sorry, I'm getting out of. Uh, I'm okay, getting, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> let me repeat my question. <laughs> yeah. Will Karis Levert, sorry, superstar Karis Levert, ever be an NBA starter? Um, yeah, I think I think 
I think he will. I, I, I do. I, I think that... You're looking up Karis LeVert's stats right now? Yeah. May I present a few of my own <laughs> that I've been looking at? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so there's a bit of an inverted correlation happening that I think is both uh, representative of Spencer, uh, sorry, of Karis LeVert and what I find so troubling about um, certain Nets fans' fetishization of him as a player. Uh, each season he's been on the Nets, his usage rate has gone up, up, up. Uh-huh. Each season he has been on the Nets, his true shooting and effective field goal percentage, both, have gone down, down, down. So, in 2016, he had about a league average 55% true shooting percentage, right? Mm -hmm. That's his rookie season, and it has gone precipitously down since then. His second year, he was at 52%. His third year, last year, when he was uh, transcendent, he was a 50% true shooting percentage, and this season he's down at 47% true shooting, which I don't think I need to tell you is pretty miserable for uh, a high usage player. What's a good? What's a good? Uh, uh, league like average is average? A, is a, around 53 uh, to 55. And he's at right 47. Now, 47. 47. His usage rate has gone up from his rookie year of 14. To now, this season, the highest it's ever been, even with Kyrie, 26.8. So he's getting the ball in his hands quite a lot. The problem is, when when that ball is in his hands, he's scoring it at one of the most disastrously inefficient rates you could hope for from a guy. Now, I haven't I haven't looked out across the league to see other players with that high of a usage rate where he ranks, but I would imagine you're going to see names that would come up, such as Russell Westbrook and, and players of that profile, who are no, high usage, no. who dribble the air out of the ball and can't, can't score. I think that's closer to like thirty, but but yes, twenty six is high. Twenty six is high. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's that's. I just want I want to talk with you. I want to hear where you're at in the Spencer Dinwiddie experience. You mean Karis Levert? Karis Levert. Yeah. Sorry, I'm conflating the two. Um. In this in the Karis Levert experience right now. So I am not. Um, I am not high on Karis LeVert right now. I, I, I am I do bow to reality. But I I do think what I will say is I am confident that he will shake out of this um and um get get better. I think it is a big adjustment to be playing with Kyrie. I think his thumb injury, um, which he wore a wrap and may still be wearing a wrap, I'm not sure, but for <clears throat> much of his time back he was wearing a wrap. Uh, and I just have to believe that his, um, you know, his, he, it's interesting that he is such a high usage player because he is very team first and the way he, like, the way he plays to me is like someone who is just trying to like get, get the ball in the hoop. Um, you know, he plays defense harder than almost any net. He is, uh, you know, he, he is looking for, he's just, he's not a good He's not an, a, a very good passer, but he is always looking to to dump it off when he gets into the into the lane to Jarrett. Um, 
or to others. So I, 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 I think that he does not want to be... He is not the type of player who's like, well, this is how much I need to use it. This ball's gonna gonna go in. I think he he is a type of player who will do whatever it takes for for a team to win. So I think he will turn it around. But I acknowledge his numbers are not good. <clears throat> so Russell Westbrook, who I think you would also acknowledge is someone who is roundly criticized for his inefficiency as a scorer. Yes. Uh, is just to put it in context, Karis Levert's at forty-seven percent true shooting. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook this season, um, it, its biggest drop-off in a while, uh, is at fifty-two percent true shooting, mm-hmm. um, at thirty-one percent usage. So, admittedly, a higher usage rate, but still not not you know levels of magnitude greater. Yeah, I mean that's it's twenty-five percent more, a little bit more than that. Uh, higher, but, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, all the other thing to keep in mind with Karras is it, it has only been 19 games. Um, so that is enough to start drawing some worrying conclusions. I agree, but it's not enough to shut the book on, on Karras LeVert. Um, when might that, (laughs) when do we, when can we move? And this is a question that we literally have been asking for at least two seasons. When is it time that we move past this idea that one, Karis is untouchable, that two, Karis is a superstar in waiting, that this is going to be his breakout season, that, uh, you know, these sorts of fantasies that we have reveled in for for years, um, and we just say Karis LeVert is a pretty solid rotation player who should who could get minutes on any NBA team, but is not is never probably going to be an All Star NBA player. Um, <clears throat> I I think I think so. Here's the thing: I think he's <laughs> never going to be like a superstar. Uh-huh. I'm already moved on from that. I think that he could be an All Star. At some point, and I would say, you know, he's got, like, three years of his best basketball, you know, life, at least, um, three or four years before he'll start to decline. I mean, again, depending on injuries, etc. Um, but, um... I mean, you're talking three or four years. If his true shooting um, keeps, going, keeps yeah. going in the direction it has been going, he'll be in the 30s by that point. <laughs> Which is an exciting future to uh, <laughs> uh, get yeah. get 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 ourselves worked up for. I um no I, I look I I understand I I, I just see the you... way I see him playing. I don't see him. The thing is, look, the eye test for me is I don't see him taking many bad shots, and I don't see him uh, deleteriously impacting the team the way that you could sometimes see with. A Spencer Jackup shot or a a Kyrie Irving. I've taken the last ten shots in the fourth quarter and I haven't made any sort of uh, team destroying um, activities. So I I see him taking shots that I think are reasonable shots to take. They just haven't gone in. Um, so to me, I think he's playing within the team concept. I would like to see that usage rate go down a bit, but I think his, his usage rate at say the twenty one or so ish range makes sense to me. He's got to make shots. Um, uh, I do think his defense is consistently pretty good, especially on the Nets team where the you know perimeter defense is not great without Nawaba, especially and with Kyrie reinserted, right? Who is miserable. But um, so so I am not ready to shut the shut the door on on anything but the most 
wild. Yes, I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he's like the third. He's not Chris Bosh to right, LeBron right, James right. and Dwayne Wade. He's sure. definitely not. Um, and I don't think he ever will be. I think that. And look, on the flip side, I do understand your worries. Like, I think there's a real concern that a $17 million a year player, which he will be next year, um, this is not the production you want from a $17 million a year player. So he needs to bring that up just to meet his contract, um, let alone be a superstar, which is not a $17 million player. Right. Okay. I, um, <clears throat> I'm just, you know... Waiting for the day <laughs> when we can can sort of move on from the from the Karis fantasy land that we've been living in, and just assess him for what he actually is. Would you be uh, comfortable with the Nets potentially trading? Oh Karis? yeah, I mean, look, right now we're three and thirteen, as I think the glue guys were saying on the latest one, like like hardcore Nets fans, other than the Nets Nets daily variety are all like put them all on the block that that's how i feel there's not a single player on our team uh that i i mean other than i guess uh kevin durant who i would at least want to see play right games i don't know that his stock is i mean i don't know but i would love to see kevin durant play on the nets but other than that truly if you can find a place for Kyrie, if you can find a place for all these players do it the problem is when the reason I feel that way, and so many Nets fans I suspect feel that way, is because those player stocks are plummeting. So, like, this is the worst time to try to trade because you know all of their flaws are very exposed. Right. I mean, that's why I have been so insistently encouraging the idea of trading Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie. Yeah. Um, that is already starting to fade a little bit from the high when we were winning a bunch of games um, when he was obviously the best player on the court. Um, but I still think that his stock is probably pretty high. Especially per contract, because his contract is still quite reasonable. Right, exactly. And I think, I think though Joe Harris has been playing miserably, that there's still uh, a need, such a need for what he can do at his ideal that we could get a fair amount for him. Though, yeah, the only thing with Joe Harris is if you were to trade him now, you're only... They're only paying for, like, 30-some games of Joe Harris, so they're not going to give up a particularly big amount. All right. Well, that's a depressing way to start the podcast. Yeah, uh, I want Garrett Temple. <laughs> Untouchable. He's a core piece in the Kyrie pantheon of <laughs> core nets. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, obviously, in there, too. Which brings us to the next thing I'd like to discuss mm-hmm. with you, Simon, and that's Karan Butler. Okay. Have you heard about this? No. So Karan Butler, you you remember old CB, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Karan Butler was on some podcast or show. I'm not really sure where he said this. But he disclosed that Kyrie and Kevin Durant might already be recruiting some more of, quote unquote, their guys (laughs) to Brooklyn this summer. So right now... We know who the guys that they recruited are. That's DeAndre Jordan, the laziest defender in the entire basket in, in the entire NBA. Yes. Uh, and Garrett Temple, a serviceable three and D player mm-hmm. with uh, uh, emphasis on the D and not a whole lot of three. Yes. 
Uh, but apparently a good presence in the locker room, a nice guy. Uh, I, I greatly prefer Temple to um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, both because I think he contributes more to the Nets and because we don't have him for four more years. Yeah. So I would say that the results of the guys they've recruited right now are not strongly positive. Sure. I would also say Shump was, was a... Shump. I wish we could have kept Shump. Shump feels like the one that got away big time. And I understand the logic for it at the time, but um, with Nwab out, you, you really want to Shump back in yeah. the room. Yeah. Um, so Billy Reinhardt, Mm-hmm. Who I think is a pretty good, uh, generally, um, Nets Daily writer. Okay. Have you read much of his things? Uh, I, I, yes. <laughs> okay, we can, you can, you can uh, not agree with me on that. No, no. Off mic. It's fine. I know you got a, a blue check mark is not able to speak as freely as, as, as I am. Uh, all right, so this is who he thinks their guys could be. And this is based on... Um, Having the players these guys have played with before, either in college or the NBA, and there being some sort of relationship. And I just want to warn you, this is a an uninspiring list. <laughs> <laughs> but here, who, here's who he thinks. And it starts with, by hands down, the best one, Serge Ibaka, mm. who will be a free agent this year. Love Serge. Uh, so I'm just going to read the list, and then we can talk. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Serge Ibaka, Andre Iguodala, mm-hmm. DJ Augustine, oh, Quinn Cook, mm-hmm. Andre Roberson, Ooh. and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. What names there, one, uh, jump out as enticing and that you think would fit, and, and two... Um, Let's just go with one. <laughs> Who's, who do you think would fit? Who would be good on the net? Serge, I think, would be good. Serge is kind of plugging, I feel like, is a net-style big man. He's good at D. Mm-hmm. He's not going to play outside of what he does. Would you Would you think he could run alongside, say, Jarrett Allen as the four, and then we move Kevin Durant to the three? Can he shoot a three? Yeah, he can shoot. Oh, he can shoot. Yeah. He can shoot better than uh, better than Jared for sure. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I I would love that. Look, a lot. Of, so here's what I will say about those people, Bill. And I know none of those people are like needle movers, and it you know it would involve it would involve some sort of weird capped theatrics. Also, I would assume because if these are all free agents, <clears> like we don't have any. Space, right? Uh, to to acquire new players, really, um, they would have to be vet minimums. But anyway, putting that aside for a second, all of those players are not great to me. I agree, but it does to me indicate that those are players that that Billy, to his credit, is identifying that are tougher players than the current crop of net, mm-hmm. like. Surge is a part of of, of a very uh, um, quite beastly Toronto defense, at yep. least against the Nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, another team that bullies us pretty relentlessly. Um, you know, uh, Andre Roberson is an elite uh, defender, terrible at shooting. I doubt. Ken- I think Kenny would be very worried about adding mm-hmm. a Roberson. But agreed. But again, <clears throat> but uh, Spencer is. With or married to Andre Roberson's yes, sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, okay, so you'd like a Roberson. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm worried about all, I mean, uh, you know, none of those, as you said, none of those players, I'm like, yes, the perfect piece. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, Iguodala, or sorry. Tristan Thompson, I feel like you'd kind of be into. Yes, again, he's a banger. They're all, like, good. Mm -hmm. I just, I I just worry about, like, under what circumstances we would get them, because they're not players that you're like, move whatever piece. It's not like a Bradley Beal where you're like, yeah, you gotta give up to get something. It's like, I would be fine having you on the team. What do I have to give up, though, right. to do this? Yeah, I think the, the the most curious ones to me were DJ Augustine and Quinn Cook because I, I can't see them coexisting with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And if you want Karis LeVert to be a, a ball handler in the second unit, there's not really a role for them uh, on the team. Iguodala... I mean, what do you, he's not really going to do much in the regular season for you. I guess that would be a playoff pickup. Uh, Serge, I agree, would be great, and, and Tristan would be great, but I feel like both of those guys are going to be looking to get paid in a way that I doubt the Nets could. And Andre Roberson, who knows? He's kind of an exciting one. I think he's sort of fallen off the out of the rotation in Oklahoma City. Um, but... I mean, it's just so. I mean, it's not just the Nets. It's surely any team is. It's so hard to play a guard mm-hmm. that is not at all good at offense. Yeah, like that doesn't really happen very much. I feel like like a Marcus Smart is already like you hear Bill Simmons being like, "Oh, you know, like he really thinks he's better at offense than he is." Like it hurts to have him out there in some in some ways, and he is, you know. Fine. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty solid offensive player. But I think that's the benefit of a, of a Roberson. He knows he's terrible, so it doesn't take, <laughs> yeah. doesn't take 20 shots a game. Right. Um, but anyway, I think, I think, you know, something worth watching. Obviously, Kyrie's comments would suggest that he would like <laughs> to bring some other people in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have no insights into who he's close with. I don't know. I can't imagine he's that great at mm-hmm. sustaining personal relationships. But <laughs> well, so here's the thing, though. I that's interesting you bring that up because I feel like don't you feel like or, so all those comments from like players coming out of, of the Celtics being like it wasn't all Kyrie's fault and like the uh-huh. owner of the Celtics being like you know what I like Kyrie as a person. I think there's just a weight off of people when he's not yelling at you in practice. He's not yelling at you in the games. Right. He's not demanding that he be put into the – kept in the lineup when, like, your coach is trying to sub you out. Doing all those Kyrie things and mm. is instead just, like, talking to you and there's no, like – there's no – he's not – he doesn't have any power over you. He isn't, like, dictating things. He's just like a guy. Like that's a very different type of relationship. So that that to me, I'm starting to see all those comments in a new way, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know what? If I'm Marcus Smart and I don't have to answer to Kyrie anymore, like right. sure, he's great. Like he was talking to me about my sister when he died. That was nice of him. Like let bygones be bygones. I don't care. Like right. I don't hate him. Just, I just don't want him on my team. Right. Please don't make me play with him again. Right. 
Yeah, who who did he yell at the other game? Uh, Kurutz. Kurutz, right. Kurutz missed a three, and Kyrie got demonstrably... He, like, turned it over. He right? got demonstrably upset with him. Yes, definitely. And, and you know, that that's like... He, poor Musa got, like, shoved. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the sort of... And again, yeah, I don't know. It, anyway, this is a different segment. But, but uh, it's just, like... As I was telling you, like, I just feel like I've been on, you know, YMCA basketball teams where the stakes are much lower, obviously. Right. Where, like, yes, there's, like, a guy who is a nightmare to to play with, and it makes everyone scared, and it makes everyone, like, really nervous to fuck up, and you just want to try to please that person. And even if you're not, like, you don't have to be sitting there being like, well, you know, like where the Celtics had where, like, you know, players are like, I should be... Right. I should get more run. You can even be like, I'm fine not having run. I'm fine passing it to Kyrie and just standing there, but I'm, like, scared and not playing my best because I don't want to, you know, make a bad pass. I don't want to miss a three when he passes me the ball. I'm right. just, like, not going to play very well. No, yeah, no, it happens in pickup all the time if you get on a team with someone who's who's uh, intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. It totally changes the way that you play, um, and... You just become much more self-conscious, and the bad things become blown up in your own mind because you're so worried, knowing <coughs> that this other person is certainly judging how you're playing. Um, do you want to talk about uh, what what Tim shared with us? Yeah, yeah. So why don't you why don't you sort of introduce that? Okay, so friend of the show and friend IRL uh, Tim has sent over a uh, spreadsheet. Um, which looks at um, various um, stats when Kyrie is playing uh, with the Nets and when he is not. And the long and the short of it is it provides some statistical uh, backing for what um, Zach Lowe and others have talked about, uh, which is that Kyrie doesn't really move the needle in terms of wins and losses. If anything, on this Nets team, he has been a part of the team during... Uh, many more losses, including to teams, I, yeah, including to teams that we should probably have beaten. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's something that we have discussed, which is obviously a big part of of Nets discourse right yeah. now. The agonized question: Are the Nets better or worse with Kyrie Irving on the team? Um, this is just sort of further evidence that. They're kind of neither. <laughs> yeah. To an extent, they're they're neither better nor worse with Kyrie Irving, which is which is troubling for a guy that you're paying that many tens of millions of dollars, who is a a superstar in a league where you need a superstar for your team to be good. You also want that superstar um, to to meaningfully impact winning. Yeah. So that has brought up some questions, some more philosophical questions about um, Kyrie's motivations and and view of like what basketball is about. Yeah, you want to parse those? Sure. So I think that <clears throat> he has, uh, as this ringer story that Tim also sent us, flagged for us, mentions Kyrie is acutely aware. That the NBA is an entertainment business that, that, you know, 
uh, much as you might deride something like WWE or, I don't know, like, whatever, Hollywood, for whatever reasons, it's good to think of the NBA in the same category because it helps you understand, like, oh, yeah, James Harden is going to get a million fouls or, you know, that's why stars get calls. That's why this rule was changed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not with some objective, pure basket basketball ideals in mind, it is to push product and uh, make money. Um, and Kyrie understands that, and um, perhaps that is why he is, like, you know, like, so flashy, or, or part of the reason why he's so flashy is because he knows that's tied into his value. Um, but I do think, Bill, as I was saying on that email chain, like, I do think Kyrie really does want to win. I think he just is an idiot about how to help a team win mm-hmm. um, by doing the screaming and 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 being an intense um, person who who makes players. I think he thinks like, oh, I'm pushing them to be the best they can. Like everyone who yells at someone will say that right. often. Like any boss that you've ever had that screams at you or is demanding. Like a right. part of them is surely saying like, I know he can do better. He has to do better. I'm going to make him do better. Right. Like any tyrannical coach, that is their guiding belief that their merciless (laughs) uh, harassment of you will somehow, you know, put you through some test by fire that you will emerge from a stronger, better person. Yeah. And I do want to say there is at least, as I have had, like, We could talk off mic about who this was, but I have worked for someone who I truly was terrified of every single day, and Uh I have nothing but, you know, mean things to say about their management style. I I don't think that was good. But there is a bit of, like, truth to it in that, like, I would, like, search harder. I would try it harder because I was scared of, of, like, being reprimanded. Mm -hmm. But there's a limit to how much that helps you. Right, sure. You should probably not be coddled (laughs) um, and told that the shitty thing you're doing is spectacular. Yeah. Um, But there is a balance. There are better and worse ways of conveying (laughs) constructive criticism to someone. Um, And, yeah, uh, I don't know that Kyrie has mastered that art yet. Um, But I think another thing that Tim brings up is it, like, Thinking of Kyrie as more of a, like, Stephon Marbury type guard, uh, or maybe like a a Steve Francis Mm -hmm. type of guard, where he puts up numbers, he looks great, he's entertaining as hell, but his team basically always sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, obviously, Kyrie's team has not always sucked. Um, but that has largely been because he's played with maybe the greatest player of all time in LeBron James. His team before that certainly sucked, um, before James came back to Cleveland. And then when he went to Boston, that team obviously had an immense amount of talent around him on it. Um, <clears throat> so also did, did well. Um, and this team will also have more talent around it as soon as we get Kevin Durant back. So maybe it's a moot point and all the hand-wringing this season is, um, you know, more a product of boredom and impatience for the actual thing to happen than um, a meaningful or <laughs> constructive conversation. Yeah. What? So, Bill, what to you, with, with, this, with this looming, like, uh, you know, possible roster uh, shakeup, uh-huh. what, what to you, assuming that we do keep... Kevin Durant and Kyrie don't 
just blow it up. Yes. No, they're, I cannot imagine a world in which they're not on this team next year. Yeah. What What to you is, is the best sort of outcome? You don't need to give me particular players if, if, if you don't have them, but what, what sort of roster moves are you comfortable with or would you like to see? Um, yeah, I think that... The uh, what you harp on quite a lot the goonness <laughs> that that just like tough nosed defensive players uh, we definitely need so, like we're gonna have scoring like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are gonna get buckets um, if we end up keeping um, any one of the Levert Dinwiddie Joe Harris Torian Prince they're going to be complementary scorers who I think will be functional in that but we are going to need to be able to lock teams down to get a top 10 defense around what I what you would imagine will be like a top 5 ish offense just having those two guys if they're anything if they're healthy and anything if Kevin Durant's anything like he once was Um, so it's really about getting defenders in there I think Jared Allen can be a really key rim protector but he's also small and weak and and there are nights when you're just like what the hell are you doing out there where he seems to be disengaged or uh, frightened it's it's yeah he just he can be he can really disappear so i think that we're going to need a a big, strong guy. Like, DeAndre Jordan just doesn't try enough on defense to qualify as this. Maybe he will in the playoffs, or maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. So I think we need, a like, a, a big who is a legit hard-nosed big, because Claxton is the same thing. He's too small, too slight. I love his game. I can't wait to keep watching him, and I hope we don't get rid of him, but he's not a big enforcer that we might need. Um, and then just dogged, Nwaba-like wings would be wonderful. Um, I think that we have, again, if we keep Spencer or Levert, a perfectly good, serviceable backup point guard in either of those guys. So I think that, yeah, I think a wing who can who can lock down a, a few of those would be the thing we should be looking for. Bill, I think we're in total agreement. I, um, I, totally, uh, I totally agree with, with that assessment. Yeah, I mean that, that, that. Yeah, basically, we're we're gonna have an elite offensive team. Almost certainly, we need defense. Probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know Kyrie thinks he can play defense in the Buck series. He decided he would guard Giannis, and that went disastrously. And in the Laker game, he was guarding LeBron. Yes, which lot. is insane. I know one play he was able to stop him, but. Um, after a review, right, and that as, he forced Kenny to take. Right. And as I was saying to you, like even if he were able to stop LeBron, it's still terrible strategy because we need Kyrie to score. Right? No, no. There's right. It's not like yeah. Even if he were the best defender on the team, like they don't put LeBron on Kyrie. They don't put LeBron on the best player on the other team because they need him to be the the core of that offense. Right. And maybe if it was Game Seven or something. Right. 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 But you can't. Yeah, it was. It's a silly thing. It's 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 all about his ego, and you can just see that like he he dictates what happens 
to him in this organization. Nobody has control over him. The, the we're seeing it's it's very bizarre because you see these articles like we're we're slowly getting Karis Levert back up to game health where he can play uh, without a minutes restriction. Kyrie has zero minute restriction. He played forty. Last like night. the idea that the the Nets have have to have minute restrictions has been completely exploded by the existence of Kyrie Irving, who literally does whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, what do you think? Like, I have to say, I'm a little bit. And sorry, we're going off. Uh, no, I don't, off, off script. I don't have anything that we have to focus on. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll make this quick. Uh, but I, I, I am curious what you think because I am a little bit, a little bit surprised at how much Kyrie is dictating things. Mm-hmm. I understand it's a stars league. Stars get to do you know, more than what other players do. And I didn't expect the, the Nets to be full-on, like, spur level. Mm-hmm. Like, every man is the same. Mm-hmm. But I am a little surprised to see, like, Kyrie tell Spencer to go back to the bench. Yes. He's getting subbed. So, yeah, we should make that <laughs> make that point more explicit. Yeah. Yeah, so that happened. Right. Like, he actually... Spencer... Kenny Atkinson was subbing Dinwiddie in for Kyrie during the Lakers game, and Kyrie sent Dinwiddie back to the bench. Yeah. So that sort of thing, um, yeah, the guarding LeBron, the zero minutes restrictions, on top of the things that we already heard about him, like, not doing the, like, medical treatment stuff that everyone else does. Like, right. It, like, total carte blanche is a little surprising to me. Yeah. I I completely agree. I think it sets a really bad precedent. Like I know um, in in my work environment, you know, or like in any work environment, if you if you see someone getting away with stuff, like you you don't necessarily want to do it yourself, mm-hmm. but you feel kind of like a sucker yeah. that like you're taking it seriously and not doing that thing and these other people aren't. Like uh, like leaving early every single day or something like that. You feel like like a jerk because you're doing it. You're staying the entire time. Um, and I think it's the same in this, in a, on a team. Like if you see, if you're all buying in to one idea of the medical staff knows best, this organization is here to help us get better. We implicitly trust them and believe that if they suggest we do something, we ought to do it. And, you know, maybe that's ill-placed trust, but like, other, all the other players on the team seem to have bought in, including last year's stars like D'Lo seem to buy into it completely. Um, and and when you see Kyrie Irving so obviously flouting those things, it has to begin planting seeds of insubordination in other people. Like if he can get away with it, why the fuck am I doing it? I you know I'm not a superstar, but I'm getting ten million dollars a year or whatever. Right. Like I'm a pretty I'm a fucking hot shot too. I don't need to to do this. Right. A Spencer, say, <clears throat> exactly great at that in particular, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think it's a good point, and I think it's it's somewhat somewhat worrisome uh, to say the very least. Yeah. Um, Simon, to keep on Kyrie for a minute. Mm-hmm. The all-star starters have been released. The uh, the backups have not. That will be issued on Thursday. Kyrie did not 
make it as mm-hmm. a starter. He was the the starter according to fans, but players and um, media had him at sixth. So he didn't make the cut. I would imagine that the coaches aren't going to put him in because that's who selects the reserves. <clears throat> that the coaches aren't going to put him in just because he hasn't played enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly coaches aren't that thrilled with. <laughs> I can't imagine he's getting Kenny Atkinson's vote. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> so barring him, he's anonymous, right? <laughs> barring him getting in, I don't foresee a path of Spencer Dinwiddie getting one of the remaining seven spots. Do you? No. I mean, earlier season when his percentages were better, they were never great, but Mm -hmm. they were, I think, good enough to to at least start a conversation with his raw numbers of points and assists and relatively low turnovers. Um, And the team was, like, way overperforming way back when. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we're six games under five hundred. His uh, three-point percentage is what? What are you looking Below at? Below 30, 29.6. Yeah, I mean, that's just horrible. Um, that's very that's bad. That's just horrible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are like Roberson-type, you-better-be-really-good-at-something-else-type numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't think you can make a case that he's he's an all-star. No, I mean, you know, he's he's back to not starting um, back into his role more as a scoring threat off the bench, which I think he is. And while you can be quite good at that, unless you're like Lou Williams good at that, you're probably not going to get all-star consideration. So I think the ship has sailed on the Nets having an all-star unless, you know, he did have a 45-point game the other night. If he has another huge game against the Knicks, um, and it's clear that he's going to keep playing. Coaches may be like, you know what, he's he's just too good to leave off. But I feel like he's not played enough to warrant yeah. a nod. Um, all right. After the Lakers game, did you hear Kenny's comments? That we're just not an elite team. Right? We're not an elite team, I can tell you that. Um, why or how, why... Can Kenny get away with saying something like that? That I think if, say, Kyrie were to say, he would get absolutely killed for. Mm. Um, I think that... I think... Yeah, I, I think that is a good question. Um, but I, I just feel like, to me, a coach's assessment, a coach chewing your team out... Mm-hmm. Is is sort of like par for the course, but when Kyrie Irving, especially again coming off of a six of twenty one night, goes and says, not only is it obvious we need, you know, like we're we're not like saying we need other pieces. Like if if Kyrie, if if Kenny had said, yeah, these players are dogs. I'm going to be talking with Sean in the summer, right? About who, we we need who, a, a total personnel overhaul. Right. That is different than saying like we're not playing like an elite team. We're not an elite team right now. Because, again, what Kyrie said, you can certainly find truth in it. Maybe it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Same with what Kenny is saying. We're not an elite team. We're six games below 500. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And we've played more than 40 games. We're more than halfway through the season. That's enough of a sample size to say we stink. Um, and you can say there were injuries. There certainly were. Um, 
and you know it, it, it takes some time to get uh, up to speed with a player like Kyrie Irving I would imagine more so than, than, than other players that you're plugging in but it's still like Come on, six games under five hundred is bad, no matter how you slice it. No, I, I totally agree, and um, you know th- this this is sort of a tautology. It's uh, it's it's it almost doesn't need to be said. <laughs> like you don't need to to to, to explain that a, a team this this losing is um, or who has lost this much is not elite. Yeah. Um, Jared Dudley, of course, gives some quotes after he comes and uh, hits a couple big threes against the Nets the other night. Yeah, uh, His celebration of hitting a three suggests uh, it is a pretty rare thing indeed when he makes a three-pointer <laughs> in an NBA game. <laughs> it was like he just brought home the national championship. <laughs> um, but Dudley, always good for uh, some quotes. Yeah. Uh, talked to some reporters afterwards, um, but in the article, it sort of discussed the overhaul, the veteran overhaul from last season. And it said, you know, last year we had three veteran leaders in Dudley, Ed Davis, and Damari Carroll. And this year we've got DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Wilson Chandler. What do you, do you think like from a talent perspective and then from a leadership perspective how would you say this batch this year's batch of veterans um compares with last year's so i don't i mean i guess if you look at how those players are are doing now the the the, the dudley mm-hmm. Davis, damari you wouldn't sit there and say you know we're we're missing out on a, a, a talented crop. I would say talent-wise, hands down, we even though DeAndre has huge flaws and Temple isn't great and Chandler has been spotty since he's been back, mm-hmm. talent-wise, I feel like it's an upgrade. Yeah. I think that's I, safe to say. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, but, um, yeah, leadership-wise, I mean, you had three people who I feel like are... Perhaps more confrontational would would you would you say like mm-hmm. I don't get the sense that from any of those three vets they would ever say anything to like a Kyrie which it is to be fair tougher to say that to someone like Kyrie than someone like D'Angelo yes for like, sure you you it's it's tough it's a tough you know it's not an apples to apples comparison but I would just guess if I had to guess Bill I would say those three people are less likely to take shit from, if not Kyrie, than other players who are, you know, from a Spencer, from a whatever. Right. I just think they would not do well with that. I feel like DeAndre is like a big jokester, like makes everyone, you know, try tries to put a smile on everyone's face. Mostly through mocking them, it seems like. Right. Um, whatever. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna bite the hand that feeds him. You right. know, he's on this team because they wanted him on this team. He's not gonna call them out for being an asshole. Right. Um, Wilson Chandler set the precedent of performance enhancing drug usage from the start, so which undermines his gravitas and leadership right off the bat. Yeah. Garrett Temple, by all accounts, is is a good leader. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's not the same situation. 
expectation last year, I would say the team was uniformly and universally more bought in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from having a younger team, no superstars on the team. So it's probably easier in those circumstances to be a vet leader. Um but I do think, yeah, especially Dudley and um, Davis, I feel like provided a sort of outspoken, uh, honest uh, voice in the in the locker room last year that maybe doesn't exist with the three guys. We yeah, got. and I also feel like with with Wilson in particular, like that PED suspension not only undermines his, uh, yeah, that you know, <laughs> like playing the right way, sort of credentials but also he's just like desperate to stay in the league like you could just like from that interview with I think it was Malika Andrews um or according to Nets Nets Daily Tamika Andrews oh that's how they wrote her name in the article about us being the block being featured in ESPN uh, well ouch yeah Nets Daily still got it so so remember when we used to do all those uh segments yeah. on there uh, typos and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, you lie, lies, lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think he's just desperate to, to, to keep a paycheck. So like, he's just fearful. I, I get the sense from Wilson. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I completely agree. Um, hold on. Where are the lies? Lies. Lies. This is a very cool to listen to, I'd imagine. <laughs> it's cool you got this little setup. Falsehood of the week. Hey, Nets Daily. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! Oh, <laughs> uh, we need to do more with drops. Yeah. Um, and a, oh, and Wilson Chandler. I forgot I had this. Wilson Lyles! Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. We got eleven more. Is it my seconds. hair? <laughs> yes, Chandler. That's exactly what it is. It's your hair. Yeah, you have homosexual hair. <laughs> laugh track for a few, like any good drop has a few <laughs> seconds of laugh track. Um, yeah, it could have been tightened up. So, in the Nets Daily article on the block. Yes. The rehash of Malika Andrews' article. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they said about the Nets, uh, sorry, about the block, they're acerbic New Yorkers with the wit and the will to turn a phrase and shout it at very high decibel levels. Mm. Pretty flattering, huh? Yes. If inaccurate. <laughs> um, I want to mention one final thing. Uh, just a troubling trend that we currently rank dead last in fourth quarter net rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is before the last three games, but um, aside from the Detroit one, I don't think the other two are helping us in this category. Yeah. Uh, and we have a negative 9.9 net rating in the fourth quarter, which is disastrous. To, have, to be a negative 10 in any quarter is... Um, uh, Alarming, but to to have that in the most impactful, meaningful quarter in the game uh, is downright terrifying. Um, so I just wanted to mention that because it it it, it does sort of it's an ominous a stat from from the team team stat for the Nets. It is perhaps the most scary stat. Yeah, of a below. You know, six games under below uh, five hundred team, you're gonna get some 
some scary stats <laughs> to be sure. But uh, that that is probably my my least favorite. I don't really know exactly. I mean, it it does come down to like the same thing that we've sort of struggled with for the last several years, which is just I feel like a a timidness, a, a mental softness that this team has had, regardless of personnel you're right for some time where it's just like you just feel like yep you're blowing it (laughs) this team blows it like every every time i'm shocked when they don't blow it no no totally and it's been a it's been a chronic fear for nets fans over the last five or so seasons um and it's justified it's extremely justified so if people are interested in Checking out the spreadsheet that our friend made, re Kyrie Irving. Mm. Uh, hit us up. Email maybe next time at gmail.com or t- DM us on Twitter. We'd love to hear, or Instagram, uh, and let us know, and we can send you a link. There's some uh, tantalizing data in there. Yes, and uh, just a quick just a quick note around that. Uh, I got some Kyrie Irving stats for you pre-Laker game. Sorry, folks. But uh, since since January fifteenth, when he said uh, the team needs more pieces, uh, he was shooting thirty six percent from the field, seventeen points per game, and with a minus sixty one plus or minus, the lowest on the team. <coughs> That's leadership. Folks. By the way, <laughs> if you can't tell, Bill, I have started to come along to your. You, uh, you're your souring. Oh my uh, god! Wow. I, I mean, he just. The thing is, like, I hadn't seen games where he was, like, on-court bad. I yeah. had seen plenty of worrying things in the press, etc. But watching him against the Lakers and and Bucks and stuff, like, it's just, like, you, you stink, like, a lot of the time. <laughs> like, our, the other stars are, like, d- destroying us, and he's like, oh, another floater didn't go, like. Right. Yeah. No, he hasn't, he hasn't been playing great, except for last night yeah. against the Pistons. Maybe he's got it back, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we play the Knicks tonight. Um, I think it goes without saying. We... <laughs> Really got to win that game. Yeah. Really, really, really got to win that game. Uh, we cannot um, lose to sub-500 teams anymore. It's clear that we basically can't beat um, <laughs> teams that are better than 500. Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a fluke every now and again. But uh, so when we when we see these worthless teams at the bottom of the East, we have to, unless we want to truly um, become one of them, <laughs> We need, we need to beat them. Yes, absolutely. This is a critical stretch, right? This is absolutely critical because we play six winnable games in a row, right? So we play the Knicks today. We got the Pistons again on Wednesday. If we can beat them again, that'll help give a little padding between us and them, and really um, isolate the Bulls as the as the team that's really nipping at our at our heels. all right, Simon, any other Nets news you want to get to before we sign off here? Yeah. All right. If you're at the game on Wednesday, we'll see you at the Jack Daniels stand at halftime, That's I think. That's right. That's right. Uh, but until then, we'll go ahead and see ya next time. <laughs> I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping 
read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina colada 